This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come. And welcome Hello. back. Holy shit, man. It's been way too long. How you been? Uh, I've been doing pretty good. How about yourself, man? Just fucking... Dude, I've been working. I've been grinding. And I'll tell you what, this Army stuff is taking it out of me. Actually, I got some big news. I, I wanted to tell you when we were on the phone, but I wanted to wait until the podcast. Dude, I got huge news. Guess what? I'm going to SLC. I'm getting promoted to E7. Who would have thunk it, huh? What's your uh, What's your number? Uh, 115 out of 460. God so, damn. Yeah, dude. Top 20%. I think, Lugo, I think Lugo got in the 20s, I think. In the 20s? I think so. Damn. Well, if he listens, I think Pool got Pool got something fucking super high. I think it was like, uh, I know his exact number. <laughs> I know it's four hundred twenty-eight. Four hundred twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, it's, I mean, it is what it is. This new promotion system is kind of whack, but I don't know, man. It's big news. I wanted to share it with you. I was really excited about it. So I go in. Well, I go congrats. in October. Thank you. Thank you. So. We'll have to do some episodes while I'm in SLC in October during the height of football season. So I wanted to tell you, I wanted to tell our listeners, it's good to have you guys back. I have missed you all. It's been since November since we've gotten behind these mics. Um, a lot. No, it's November was our last episode, man. I just remember it was, no, it had been longer than that because. It was November. That was the date was of our before, last episode. I thought it was before the season started. It was. It was right before the season started for the Big Ten because the Big Ten kicked off in late November, remember? Oh, okay. Yeah, but, man, a lot has happened. One, Nebraska still trash. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> um, but, no, a lot's happened. I think the first thing we need to cover, uh, I don't think I put this in the text message I sent it to you earlier, was um, – the the biggest thing is this this college football game coming back. How do you think about that? Uh, I think I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, they've actually brought a uh, a couple of the guys from um from some of the listeners out there that play uh, NCAA fourteen still from the revamped version. They brought some of those guys over to yep. the uh, EA side to help them with that. But um, I don't know. I mean, supposedly you know this year they're hyping up the Madden like they do every year. But it's supposed to, you know, like they say every year, it's supposed to be bigger and better. Dude, it's the same game. Like I, I'm just I watched, saying. I saw. No, you know, I watched I, the I gameplay trailer on it on Madden 22. It's the same game as Madden 21. They had a glitch in the trailer. Fucking that dude from LA Chargers, uh, Herbert. His hand went through the football as he threw it, and I'm like, how are you gonna put a glitch out on your trailer? You know what I mean? It's gonna be the same game. I'm not buying it. Um, I'm just going to keep playing Madden 21 and, you know, destroying people on it. Um, yeah, I just wait for I, Madden's I, to go on sales before I, uh, before I buy them. But yeah, I think the, uh, I think, I think it'd be interesting to see kind of how it goes cause they've got plenty of time, but there's also a lot of States, uh, coming in and, and, uh, making their, uh, name image likeness bills passing and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how the NCAA, reacts to it and overall what happens but i think the game will come out sooner than later so i mean that's a good sign but yeah i think right now they have it slated for july of 2023 is when they're 
talking about releasing this game, and this is what's got me excited about this game, is Madden is a carbon copy every year. And anybody who plays the revamped series, like I do, I play revamped on PlayStation 3. And I'll tell you what, every time that they drop an update on revamped, it's incredible. Um, just the jerseys, the stadiums, the fields, the, you know, they've added fight songs. And the fact that EA could see that, like, a community on Facebook, like EA Sports NCAA 14 football, has 75,000 people on there. And they took two people from the revamped crew. I can already tell you, one, the graphics are going to be on point. But what I worry about is the gameplay going to be a lot like NCAA 14? Or is it going to be like Madden 22? Because if it's like Madden 22, it's a fluid game. But it's just not fun to play. Once you figure out how to exploit the game, it's almost unplayable because you just beat everybody 70 to nothing. Um, but I think... I'm I'm excited to see what they come out with. I'm excited to see how the atmosphere is because that's a big thing for college football video games for me is atmosphere. And that's something that NCAA 14 got right was when you're playing the game, you feel like you're in the stadium. You feel like it's game day Saturday. And even though it's USC versus FCS Southwestern, it feels like a game that matters. And Madden, you don't get that until you get to the playoffs. So we'll see how they do with that aspect as well. But I'm excited for the game. I really am. Yeah, it should, it should be pretty uh, interesting, like we keep saying, on, on how it looks and all that. But there's there's just so much more, uh, I don't know, like specialization that goes into a college football game, whereas yeah. a uh, NFL game. So it's going to yeah, definitely take a when, lot more work to get the thing right. So hopefully with the time they're using, they actually do something with it. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, when you were playing Madden, was the last time you seen a hot-ass cheerleader on the sideline, you know? And that's something that you see in NCAA 14. You see those hot-ass cartoon characters pumping their pom-poms, all that. And that's part of the college experience as cheerleaders and mascots. And, you know, the the college or the, the student section of the stadium, which you get in NCAA 14, which you don't get in Madden. And granted, it's not part of the NFL experience, but it's something that I hope that they carry forward. And kind of a segue into my next topic that I wanted to get to is something that, that I hope that they put in this video game is the transfer portal because the transfer portal has become such a huge part of college football love it or hate it it's there to stay and in ncaa 14 they kind of brazed over it like every off season you might get a transfer request or two but the transfer portal has i don't know this is my opinion feel free to talk on this b but i feel like it's destroyed college football into a fact of a third-string quarterback, freshman who got red-shirted is going to transfer to Rice because he has a famous last name like McCaffrey and not stay at the college that he committed to. And I think it's ruined college football, in my opinion. Uh, he went to, uh, what was it, Louisville? And then decommitted from Louisville because he didn't get the starting job and went to Rice. Yeah, That came, that's what that I was came out like a week ago. Yeah, well, I haven't really been following uh sports too much with uh work and school but um yeah i i don't i think it it, it ruins it somewhat ruins it but i think overall is it gives a lot of these guys a uh kind of like a gut check because it lets them know like hey yeah you know out of high school you had all this you know media and, and buzz around you but you know now you're in division one football you know 
and you're, you're, you're not performing the way you're supposed to and people that are, are going to keep their jobs. And, you know, that's why you see a lot of the dudes who go from D1 uh, schools, they, they'll go into, you know, FCS or D2 or lower D1 schools and stuff like that to um, transfer because there's no either no room for them in, in the D1 level or they aren't going to beat out the guy that's starting in that position because they're starting that position for a reason. Yeah, but the problem I see with that is, is, you know, kids aren't getting, you know, these 17, 18-year-old kids that come out and they're three-star or four-star, they get wrapped up in the fact that, hey, I'm better than half the people on the squad. But, you know, they get to a college like USC or Nebraska or Purdue or Northwestern or Arizona or Arizona State, and, yeah, they're a three-star recruit and this two-star starting, but he's also been in the program for three years. He's gotten the – he's gotten the coaching from the trainers. He's a junior and he deserves to start. You're a freshman. You're 18 years old. Can you handle playing a ranked team on the road in a hostile environment? Can you handle that pressure more than that junior can? No, you can't sit on the bench, wait your turn, get your two or three years performing at a high level, go to the NFL. All these kids that are jumping around in the transfer portal, because I know there's a statistic right now in college basketball, there's 1700 kids sitting in the transfer portal. 1700 that's ridiculous there should not be that many kids in a transfer portal waiting to look for a starting spot like they're not they're going to overlook you they're going to go to that kid out of high school that's a five-star rather than you that's a three-star that hasn't even played a lick of college basketball because you want a starting spot because you had four stars on your recruiting that's why Uh, i don't think that's why i don't agree with the transfer portal basketball has always used the transfer portal that's always it's always been really common for uh grad transfers and stuff like that with basketball. It's never really been an issue um, because you'll see all the time, most NCAA teams, it's a, it's a one-and-done program. If you know, It's not even that anymore, but uh, they'll bring in those grad transfers and stuff like that as a senior leader or to get their final years of playing time done because they know they're not going to make it to the NBA or you know they're on the verge of making it, but they just need to get to a bigger-name school or a bigger spotlight. But the uh, the transfer portal has always been kind of kind of big with with NCAA basketball. I don't think it's been that big, but it's it's usually pretty common to have where teams have multiple um, transfers and grad transfers on their team because they lose people so uh, quickly to um, the NBA draft or the G League and stuff like that that they had to f- re- keep uh, refilling their rosters. Um, I don't know, man. With Call- football, it's it's a lot harder because you know those those guys are set out there to be recruited for a reason, and not everybody on that team has a full ride scholarship. So, whose whose scholarship are you going to take that they recruited straight to that school and not from another school to you? It's, it's- no, no, no. Don't don't get me wrong, man. Do not get me wrong. I do not have a problem with like say my bum ass went to a Division one school, walked on, and like, hey, you got to pay for college, and I'm like screw that and university of kentucky tech a&m state was like hey we'll give you a full ride scholarship you come play i'm like okay i'm gonna go there that's free college i have no problem with those kids but kids like luke mccaffrey had a full ride at nebraska full ride scholarship and decides to transfer because he's not playing enough even though in eight games that we played last year he played in eight of them and then decides to transfer because he's not the main guy. That's the problem I have with. If you, yeah, if you sign mean, a contract, if you sign on the dotted line a letter of intent for a full-ride scholarship to a university, 
I feel like you should have to honor that. And if you enter in the transfer portal, like Luke McCaffrey did, after being with our program for two years, you should have to pay back those two years of school. That's what I, I think, feel like. And I think that'll cut down on the transfers from full ride scholarship players. I, you know, I, and I, the, the argument is with, with that, that, with having to lock in with something like that, is the coaching changes that happen constantly, especially uh, ones that happen right after signing period or a couple no, months No, because the coaches aren't paying them. the scholarships. Coaches ain't paying shit. Coaching yeah, changes but you, you're, are going to happen. You're committing to, you're you committing to a, a player, coach's philosophy. No. You are committing – yes, you, commote to, you, you commit to a coach's philosophy. But if you're committing to a college and you say, yes, you can pay for my scholarship, which at these big Division One schools is like $30,000 a year, you know you're going to K-State. And you go back on that deal because you're not playing enough. Fucking cry me a river. Pay back that college. You have to pay back that money. Congratulations. Welcome to the real world. Pay for your college if you're not going to – Stand by your side of the obligation of committing to this university and playing for this football team. That's that's just my that's that's my thought on it. Welcome to the real world. I mean, you know, there's there's that instance that you're talking about, but there's also tons of other instances where transfers have actually worked out, like you know your your Jalen Hurts and uh, Baker Mayfields and everything, where they actually went on to a better school or bigger school, and they can and afford to pay back the college. So fuck them. Pay back the money. That's that's my biggest problem with the transfer portal is that these kids sign this contract. I wouldn't even say a contract because now we're getting into paying players for, you know, paying players for money to play at these Division One schools. You're, you're signing this letter of intent to play at a college in exchange for a free education. And then when you go against that, isn't that a breach of contract? You know what I mean? Like, you, you kind of see that point of view. Like, that's a breach of contract. I, I think with the transfer portal, you know, because they enter the transfer portal and they just got two years of free college at a tech university, and now they have this two-year degree from Texas Tech, and now they're transferring to Arizona State and going to get their communications degree because Arizona State is just a god-awful university in, in general. And – they're going to go get their bullshit degree trying to make the NFL or CFL or arena football or whatever they're going to do. But I feel like if you enter the transfer portal and you were on scholarship, you'd have to pay that money back. And I think that would cut down on these big transfer portal guys like Wendell Robinson. That's still a big cut in my vein. This dude was a future of our fucking program. And he goes to Kentucky of all places to play in the SEC and go get stomped by Alabama every year. Well, I, I, I think the the biggest thing is it's it's really like fake money is what it is. It's yes, they're on scholarship or whatever, but in reality it, it it's like just the university handing money to itself pretty much. It it's it, it makes it I get with what you're saying, yes, it, it it's a contract to a certain degree, but in the end the school is still making far more money off of what what they're producing than what they're having to pay for. And yes. I, I think I think the the biggest thing, and like you know, I said earlier with the transfer portal, is guys are, should be looking around and seeing these other high name, high level athletes like Tate Martell and stuff like that, who were really highly recruited and uh, ranked out of high school, and went to go. He transferred to Miami, and I think he's just pretty much gone. Like he he has no he, he didn't get the starting job or anything, and. Uh, I think that should have been a huge warning sign to a lot of these transfers, but um, 
I mean, you know, people transfer for their own reasons. And, you know, it's 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 hard to say why someone's transferring without them coming out and saying it. But um, sometimes we want to transfer so they're closer to home. That's that's one thing that's been going on a lot with the um, uh, the times you know this last year with the pandemic is everyone was so locked down that um, players weren't able to see their families and stuff like that, and so they wanted to transfer to a school that was closer to home and. Uh, with this whole ruling and, you know, the rule change and everything like that, where they're immediately eligible, it, it makes it pretty, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? Yeah. Makes it no, they, you know, they, they like more go appealing home, to the I person. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, then, then like you said, though, you have players that are going to do it because they want more playing time. And, then, you know, and that's usually the ones that will end up in, you know, FCS and uh, lower division football and really just kind of fizzle out. They, they won't really – keep it going like you you have to be a a like top tier talent like truly top tier talent like where you're playing at a high level in high school and then you played at a high level in college and now you're going to do your transfer to another school to really yep. even be to use the thing to have more playing time or whatever but um yeah i th- i think you're gonna get you know I, I don't know what the numbers are on the college football transfer portal but i know they're insanely high and if you do the math, that uh, there's literally no way that all the players in the portal will end up at a university with a scholarship because the, the scholarship distribution does not equal out to how many players are actually in the transfer portal. It's it is insane, but no, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But I mean, okay, I can see that point when somebody wants to go closer to home and somebody wants to. I love you. When somebody wants to um, get closer to home or, you know, mama gets sick and they want to go home to be next to mom and all that, I get that. But I still think there needs to be an underwritten rule that if you're going to enter the transfer portal, you're under scholarship and said university paid for your entire school, you should have to pay that back. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a firm believer in that and... You know, we've had some big recruits, some big-time players uh, transfer out of our program at Nebraska, and I took it a certain way. I wish Luke McCaffrey no ill. I hope that he does well at Rice. I will be rooting for him. Um, When his brother, Christian, came out and had bad things to say about Scott, I had certain things to say about him. I hope he tears his ACL again. I really do. Um, Because you don't talk bad about my head coach. But... uh, I mean, it is what it is, but the transfer portal is here to stay. And like I said, I hope it's something that the new video game puts in because I think it'll be another aspect to your week to week before you play the game that you have to do with recruiting, scouting. You have to get your, your, your ball players in there on the video game. And then also making sure that you keep everybody happy so they don't transfer out of your program. So. On that, on to uh, getting on to my next topic, something that I think will help cut down again on the transfer portal is, have you seen any of this news on the college football playoff expansion? Uh, yeah, the 12 uh, games. Yeah, 12 format. teams. 12 games. Yeah, I'm, 12 not, teams. I'm not a huge fan of it. Why? I, You know, the more I thought about it, the more I thought college football expansion is just kind of retarded. But, Four I teams mean, is garbage. Four teams is be good enough. But I mean, I, I, I no, don't know. four I, teams. Is I garbage. think it's when they put two SEC teams in the national championship 
I was like, they need to expand. That's garbage. When UCF got snubbed and beat Auburn, who beat Alabama, who was the eventual national champion that year, they need to expand. When we have arguments over if this conference champion is better than this conference champion, and there's debates, and there's 20 old men sitting in a room debating on who's better, they need to expand. 12 teams, perfect. It is perfect. You want to play the national championship game and you're the number eight team in the nation, you're going to play an extra game. If you're one of the top four teams in the nation, guess what? Take a week off, relax. You're going to play a home game because I think that's part of the 12-game expansion is that the higher seed gets to play a home game in the playoff. I'm all for it because not only do you get home, home field advantage, you get to play in your stadium. That's also extra revenue for the college. That's more money, which in anybody's mind who watches college football is a good thing. Anytime these colleges make more money, it's a good thing because that puts it on national television. That puts it as a higher product of value, just like anything. You put more money into it, it's a better product. Colleges get more money. All of a sudden, it's a better product. It's a better product on TV. Now you have a home game on campuses. You know those campuses are going to be well. Imagine if Penn State, 116,000 people can fit in that stadium. And you tell them they're playing for a national championship. That stadium is sold out. It's loud and it's rocking. That's going to be it crazy yeah, atmosphere if, if you're complaining about two sec teams in the national championship how how does that change with the 12 team format if anything you're putting more sec teams into the format because if you put two sec teams in a 12 team playoff and they make it in there i'm legitimate i'm saying okay that's a legitimate thing they fought through the other teams that were quote-unquote cinderella teams like say it's 2018 you, or was it 18 or 19? UCF was undefeated. I think it was 18. U, UCF undefeated. They win their they win their conference championship at 13 and 0, and they're like, put us in the playoff. They get snubbed. Say it's the 12 team. You put UCF in there. They beat Auburn. Then they beat Oklahoma. It was 2017 or 2017. Thank you. Yep. They beat like. Auburn, they beat Oklahoma, they beat like an LSU, and now they're head-to-head against Alabama. They're legit. But say they go up against LSU and they get stomped. I'm like, okay, it was a fake thing. LSU, Alabama, national championship. Okay, they beat who they need to get to. The more teams you add, the more legitimate I feel like the national championship gets. Because, like, look at the NFL playoffs. Has there ever been a time where there's two – say, NFC West teams in the NFC Championship game, and you said, oh, those aren't the two best teams in the NFC. Or those aren't well, they, the two the best NFL teams at this time though. of year. The NFL doesn't it, it doesn't do bowl games to get to that point. I don't know how the new expansion no, is working, but, but if you're using bowl games, there's 12, that, it makes no, the bowl no, 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 no. There's 12 game. Okay, there's 12 NFL teams that make the playoff. Now there's 12 college football teams that make the playoff. Yes, yes, I understand. 13, I'm saying that the NFL thir- does not use bowl games, though. It, it's going to make bowl games it's not, okay, uh, useless. Look, use Using the bowl games, okay, they're going to use the bowl games to be like, okay, you're playing in a bowl game to go to the national championship game. That's fine. Let Fiesta Bowl, let the Sugar Bowl, let the Cotton Bowl, let, let all these other little bowls get their money. That's fine. I don't give a shit. Give me a bracket 
put the 12 best college football teams in it, and let me see who comes out on top. That's all we've asked I'm not for. Saying that the, That's the all college. Are, no. Bulls are going to become. since the days of, okay, 1997, Nebraska and Michigan were the two best football teams in college football. Did they play each other in a national championship? No. Nebraska played uh, Nebraska played Tennessee, beat the brakes off of Peyton Manning and his Tennessee team. Michigan played Notre Dame, beat the brakes off of them. And guess what? There's two fucking national championship trophies for 1997. There's one in Memorial Stadium, and there's one in Ann Arbor. Done with that. If Because I am guarantee you, you would have put a 64-team playoff. Nebraska and Michigan would have met in that national championship game. You put any kind of playoff in, the two best teams will play each other. The two best teams at that time will play each other, and that's why I agree with the college football playoff, expanding into 12 teams. Make it more inclusive. Let these group of five teams, and that's that's kind of where I see it. The group of five teams have been snubbed. UCF got snubbed two years in a row. They were undefeated. One year they won, they were 14-0, there's a banner, Scott Frost paid for it. And then the next year they lost to LSU, I think, in their bowl game. It was either LSU or uh, who'd they lose to? Because they beat Auburn, and Auburn beat Alabama. Alabama went to the CFB, and they won the whole damn thing. They got a national title out of it. And then the, the next year, they went to a bowl game and they lost. And it was against an SEC team. I want to say it was LSU. But 12 teams, you take the top 12 teams. And this kind of segues into my next point about the Pac-12. But you take your, your Power 5 conferences, their conference champions, and then another seven teams, the next seven ranked teams, and you put them in a playoff. And you say, go for a national title. And you're not telling me those campuses will be rocking. You're not going to tell me that the best team won't come out at the end. And you're you're going to sit there and tell me that it's not going to provide a legitimate national champion out of that 12 teams with no argument. Is that what you're saying? I mean, what happens if Alabama and Clemson win every year? It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything going from 12, from 4 to 12. You get the yeah, same but that leaves teams like – Okay, but that leaves teams like Ohio State saying we got snubbed. Or that leaves teams out like UCF, we got snubbed. No, you got beat. You got beat on the football field by the better football team. Am I right or am I wrong? There I are times. If you want to be in the playoffs, just be better. Be just one of the better. top four teams. You got to move up a conference if you're UCF or your yeah. Army or your Navy that have an undefeated Army is season. not making the, the Okay, but if they're playoffs. undefeated, do they have a claim? And that's what I'm saying. That's what this 12 team has given them. You go undefeated. You're going to have a shot to play for a national title. And that's all people want. Is Alabama and Clemson going to rule it? Probably. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna see... get the same outcome, but it's just going to be, instead of being, you know, the Bull series, it's going to be the playoff series. It's, it's going to be the same outcome, I bet you, because Alabama is not going <clears> to <throat> just lose randomly to some group of five team. Unless they got to go on the road, say they <coughs> – oh, excuse me. Say they Say they stumble. Okay, and they lose to an Auburn in the Iron Bowl. They lose to LSU. Now they're a six seed. Say Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Alabama's got to go on the road up north to play Ohio State. Finally, we get to see Alabama in the north or LSU in the north. We get to see one of these SEC punk-ass teams 
play up there in Big Ten country. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm excited. See, you're about. acting like the rankings don't aren't going to change though. I think like, they will. It's the it's the same people that did the that are doing the rankings. They're going to do the playoff format. That have been doing the rankings for the last, last few years. It, and you've learned time and time again, Alabama, unless they fucking go down super hard, they're not going to move out of the top two spot. No, I think. Most. No, because the way it's going to work is the power five, because I, I looked into the format. The way it's going to work is the power five. And this is segueing into my next topic is power five. Get an automatic top five bid. So you're winner of the Big Ten or Pac-12, ACC, Big 12, or SEC, you get one of the top five seeds. Then the next seven are determined by the rankings. So you could be a 7-5 and five football team, win the Big, Big Ten, and you're a top six seed in the playoff. There's nothing that the committee can do. You're going to be the number yeah, five what, seed, Alabama but you're going to be a top five seed. SEC, though, that's what I'm saying, though. But if Alabama falters, all of a sudden, the 7-5 and five Northwestern team is hosting the number six team, Alabama, and now Alabama's got to go up north and in, into Chicago in the winter to play a football game. When's the last time Alabama played a game in the snow? I dare you to look that up. It's going to be in the 70s. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I enjoy about it because we're actually going to get diversity. Nine times out of ten, is it going to be an Alabama-Clemson final or an Alabama-Ohio State final? Yes. But it gives teams like UCF, uh, Houston, you know, these group of five teams – Appalachian State, because they're an FBS team now. Coastal Carolina, that was a Cinderella story last year. Coastal, Car- Coastal Carolina would have been in the CFB with this 12 team. It gives hey, these teams a shot. What? We don't know that because they didn't play. We can sit here and say, they, yeah, they get they murdered. They barely beat BYU. They're, they would have got fucking murdered. Okay, and their quarterback was the top two pick. Zach Wilson is a beast. Zach Wilson is a beast. Okay, they they barely beat a BYU, is what I'm saying. They beat the number two pick in the NFL draft. So okay, it's by the New York Jets. Don't fucking get your high or something. Uh, right no, here. no, 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 no. Still number two. The Jets two are NFL. fucking one of the worst organizations in the NFL. Okay, so you're telling me Sam Darnold is garbage? A USC I'm prodigy? Jets, He's garbage. He's garbage. I'm saying the Jets uh-uh. are garbage. No, no, no. Okay, but they drafted Zach Wilson just like they drafted Sam Darnold. So different boom. regime. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, if you say so. What I'm saying is. What I'm saying is. is All I'm saying is. I think the the 12-team playoff is going to be good for college football. Going to be good for ratings, good for money, and good for just straight up head-to-head action. We're going to see these Cinderella teams play a legitimate team. And it's just going to make for good football. Because you're telling me if, if they would have made the playoffs, Coastal Carolina playing Alabama, you're not telling me everybody in the country would be tuning into that game to see if Coastal Carolina could hold up against Alabama. It'd be must-see TV. It has to be. No, you'd know, you'd know the answer at the first quarter that they couldn't. See, I don't think so. I think Coastal Carolina could have held it. I think they would have made it a game. There's no like fucking middle, way. Third Are you quarter. kidding me? You're telling me that Coastal Carolina is, was better than Clemson? And Ohio State, and I can't remember who else, Alabama fucking would have stomped in that playoff. But 
There's no way. Alabama fucking embarrassed Ohio State. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It wasn't even close after halftime. Ohio State, wasn't, Ohio State wasn't that great last year because the Big Ten wasn't that great last year. They were better than Coastal Carolina, I can tell you that. Nah, I think Coastal Carolina would have given them a run. There's for no money. fucking Have you played way. with them in NCAA 14? They're good. They're <laughs> nasty. No, I haven't, and I fucking don't have a revamp, so I'm not going right. to speaking, but... speaking of garbage teams, dude, is the Pac-12 still a big uh, a Power 5 conference? Oh, uh, yeah. They, they have the most national championships. Oh, my God. Okay. Since 2000, are they still a Power 5 conference? Because uh, Yeah, because from 2000 to 2010, they pretty much ran college football with USC. So, Dude. Dude, you're supposed to be my Pac-12 expert. <laughs> are they still a Power 5 conference? Because who in, yeah, that conference, you, yes. who in that conference right now can win a national championship? The same people that could, couldn't in Big Ten. When's the last time the Big Ten won? When's the last time a Pac-12 team made the playoff? Uh, Hold on, let me turn on my headphones. Washington. Yeah, let me let me. Oh, who? I think the well, last I'm one saying was is, Washington. Come on, man, take the blinders off. Take the USC blinders off, because I'll, I'll I'm gonna let you know. Big Ten, tough conference, top to bottom, can't compete against Clemson or Alabama right now. I'll admit that. The Big Ten does not have a legitimate national title contender. So what are you asking me then? Who in the Pac-12 can even compete in the playoff? Because Ohio State com- competed in the playoff. They knocked off Trevor Lawrence. I, they I didn't just knock him off. They could. embarrassed him. They Ohio State embarrassed Trevor Lawrence. Okay, who could do I that? Who could do that in the, that the Pac-12? Pac-12? I never said the Pac-12 was gonna win the the college football championship which is no but if you would have listened earlier in the podcast we talked about the 12 team playoff i said get good if you want to get in the four team playoff structure which has been what the pac-12 has been told for years now and you know what we've accepted it because you know hey yeah but like the the american the american conference the aac came out and said why is the pac-12 still considered a power five when the aac has more legitimate contenders than the pac-12 do you agree with that statement no, I don't even know who's in the AAC. Okay. The American Athletic and, Conference. And considering that you don't know, it tells me that my answer right there. Dude, it's been a while. Okay. I've been, dude, I've been <laughs> so wrapped up in the NBA playoffs right now because my sons are finally good. All right. Leave me alone. All right. American Athletic Conference. Are you kidding me? That maybe like the only team on there that's worth a damn is the Cincinnati Bearcats. Okay. That's it. UCF, they have been damn good. Houston, Memphis was undefeated. You had South Florida, who could probably compete. Like they have teams in there, but that's what okay. I'm saying. The only top team to bottom, that could... top to bottom, the athletic conference right now has three teams in the last four years that could have competed. Because Memphis, if you don't forget, when they played UCF and UCF beat. Um, when UCF beat Auburn, who beat Alabama, and UCF hung the banners in their stadium, Scott Frost bought them rings. They played Memphis in their conference championship game, and it went to overtime. Memphis was 11-1 and that season. So that's where he's coming from. The Athletic American Conference has had contenders. Who has contended, who has contended in the Pac-12? And if you say Oregon... I'm logging off and I'm going upstairs and smoking weed with my wife right now. 
Because Oregon has not contended, even with Justin Herbert. They have not contended for a national title. Okay, I'll tell you, the only team on here that I would ever worry about any Pac-12 team playing is Cincinnati. That's it. The rest of these teams are ass. Since UCF? Are you kidding me? South Florida? They're ass. They finished six and four last year. How are they do? How are they? Good? I feel like Memphis could go into Eugene and give them a football game. Okay, I feel I like Houston. I feel like Houston could go into LA and give y'all a game. Nah, they finished three. And I feel five. like UC, I feel like UCF could go into the Rose Bowl and beat the brakes off of UCLA. They could go into Tempe. They could beat ASU. They could go into Eugene and beat Oregon. Watch a Houston game from last year. They were nasty. You know who else is they in the American Conference? You know who else is in there? I'm looking at this. SMU. Tell me the name. SMU is in the Athletic Conference for football. I, I would SMU. Would the, uh, they were undefeated. Worry about is Cincinnati. SMU would beat the brakes off of any Pac-12 team. No, no, SMU was damn good last year. They During could, they could COVID, play. Or, they could play. Uh, let's see who who is the worst team. Probably Arizona. Arizona is the worst team, and Arizona would probably beat almost all these teams. They wouldn't beat SMU. I'm sure they would. No, I want to say. You're talking about an SMU whose conference record is four and three in this trash ass conference. Um, like I said, Cincinnati is the only team on here who I will agree probably can contend with Pac-12 contenders or Pac-12 teams. Other than that, none of these teams are worth a damn. I'd say even Navy because they run the triple option, so they fucking just kill the clock. And mm-hmm. many, many teams can't fucking handle that. They don't play someone like that. But other than that, there is not a single fucking team on here that I would ever be like, yeah, they deserve to be in the playoff other than Cincinnati. So you're telling me SMU. <sighs> SMU had two games that were postponed, or three games. They had TCU, Houston, and then Houston again, and UTSA that were canceled due to COVID. Okay. SMU beat a ranked Memphis team. They beat Navy. They beat, they beat Stephen F. Austin too. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's say the score fifty to seven. They beat North Texas. They beat Texas State. And like these it, wins, the, the no, ones, these wins I'm talking about, they didn't just beat them. They blew them the fuck out. Because they're garbage teams. You see the one team that's in the conference that's worth a damn. Absolutely fucking obliterate them. You see that forty-two to thirteen by Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati was nasty, and they were ranked number nine. They would have been in the playoff. Yeah, I, I haven't argued against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the only team in here. I'm saying that is worth a damn. And but now, what I'm saying it, is, it Memphis, my point right here because they fucking destroyed them. Yeah, but going into that Cincinnati game, they were both ranked, and you know they kind of shit the bed against them. But what I'm saying they lost is, to East Carolina, which was okay. I'm not saying should the there be a teams. conference that replaces the Pac-12. Should the Pac-12 have their big five or their power five rights revoked? And it should be a power no. four now. That's that's probably the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. Because literally, the Pac-12 would beat 
the ACC, and other than the top team in the ACC. What? The ACC is the worst <laughs> conference out of the Power Five, hands down. The only team in the ACC that would beat the, the Pac-12 one that's pull- is that's The one that's turning out national champions? Yeah, look at the Clemson? rest of the conference, though. It's ass. There's nothing good in that conference. <laughs> it's very top-heavy. That's, that's literally same the same argument you're making. about the SEC. No, the, the SEC has, has Alabama, good. Florida, Nobody. which was good. And they have Georgia, which was good. The SEC ha- is is probably, besides the Big Ten, one of your like pretty even conferences, except for the bottom. The bottom is like, you know, once you suck in the SEC, you fucking suck because there's no easy win, so you're just gonna get trampled if you fucking blow ass. But the, literally, you're making you if if Clemson was not in, as good as it was in the ACC, the ACC would be at this would be the one that you'd be like, well, it shouldn't be a power five. That's the same argument. Clemson okay. is carrying the ACC on its back. In the Pac-12, you don't go with that argument. Outside of Utah, who's good? In the Pac-12? Yeah. What, Stanford, Washington State, UCLA, Arizona? Those are some powerhouses. ASU, boy, burning down bridges. Oregon State, they're good. USC, boy, not since Reggie Bush era. Um... Now, USC it was definitely good after Reggie Bush. They had the best linebacking core and probably. Oh, like, I'm sorry, I forgot about Colorado. My bad, man. My bad. Oh, Colorado, Oregon. If, if you're going, Oregon, if you're going they off lost last to Iowa season, State in their fucking bowl game. I'm sorry, I forgot that's about Matt, Oregon. That's a Matt Campbell-led team, though. That's a fucking awesome-ass fucking coach. But if you're going off the same thing, I guarantee you the fucking Pac-12 record looks better than this fucking thing. Oh, dude, I'm looking at bowl games right now, and I'm seeing blowouts. Colorado played Texas in the Alamo Bowl, 55-23. They got fucking killed. Oregon played Iowa State, 34-17 in their bowl game. So there's that. Um, let me see. Ooh, January 2nd. What's this one? What's this bowl game that I'm looking at? Probably Oregon, Iowa State. Oh, they got destroyed. Let me see. The last game y'all played... Was the nineteenth of December? Utah beat Washington State. Didn't make a bowl game. UCLA. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of them opted out. That's why it was. It, it UCLA and a barn burner out. with Stanford, forty-eight seventeen. Boy, that defense showed up to that one. Arizona Cal got canceled. Thank God we spared everybody on that one. ASU I'm just saying, you beat can bring Oregon any of these teams State, forty. They get fucking beat. Any of these teams are going to the Pac-12 and put up 80 points because there's no they defense. I'm looking at these scores, dude. ASU, Oregon State, 46-33. There, no there was no defense across the board in college football last year. There's no way you can argue dude, that. listen to these I, scores. Even, listen even to Alabama these scores. with Nick 46, Saban said. Oh, no. 46-33. You're, you're ignorant to 48, the point that 47, this is a shitty. 45-28. Well, let's go back to just straight conference play. That was all conference play. 38-21. 43-28-27-24-31-24. Dude, there's no defense in the Pac-12. There's zero Dude, there's defense. No, okay, you're, you're like, this is probably the most ignorant take you've ever had. 31-26. If you look across the board at college football last year, scores-wise, you'll see there was 70-7. No 70-7. Go look at Big Ten scores. 
24 17. 31. I'm telling you, from the, the fucking Pac-12. GOAT coach of himself, fucking Nick Saban, was, his team was fucking getting high scores too because there was no fucking defense in the fucking college football last year because they couldn't fucking practice. It's like putting a, a scarecrow out there and being like, hey, fucking play, play defense, Fred. Any, <laughs> any, fucking, any fucking junior high school kid could have fucking went out there and made a, you know 300 yards and 30 points. Go play defense, Fred. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. That's but that's not. Now, now that we've got this fucking football. Now we got all this shit settled. This this <laughs> season will actually be a tell. You know, if fucking defenses suck or not. But the fucking AAC. I mean, to be a power five, you've got to you know be good at you know a plethora of sports and. If your best team is Cincinnati and that's their fucking team, then, you know, get the fuck out of the conversation, your ass. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, no, nah, man, they had, they had ground to stand on, you know, UCF for one year, Cincinnati. I mean, lately it, we both know college football is what have you done for me lately? Cause if it was a historic kind of sport, Nebraska would still be a blue blood program. It is. It's all blue blood program. A lot of the blue bloods no. are still considered blue bloods, even though they aren't fucking blue bloods. But Texas would still be good, and Texas is ass. But Texas would fucking blood all these teams on this. <laughs> I think they play most of these teams on here because they're in fucking Texas. Yeah, that's very true. That's actually one of my favorite things to do on NCAA is realign conferences and. Uh, you know, like the Big 12 just turns into the Texas Conference and all that. But, all right. Well, now that I got you all riled up, let me get you even more riled up. USC, this year, this upcoming year, you can pull up their schedule if you want. I'll give you a minute. I'll talk for a minute, and then you can jump in and tell me. So, we both know we had this conversation last year and the year before. USC has underperformed. They are not playing up to what we expect from the Trojans. You know, the Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush era uh, with Pete Carroll as a head coach. I'm going to be honest with you. I know his name, but I'm blanking it right now. Y'all's head coach. What is his name? Uh, Clay Helton. Okay. Clay Helton. If they do not make a bowl game. Is this finally the year where we can get on this podcast and say Clay Helton is not the head coach of USC anymore? Is this a make uh, or break year for them? Well, your first point there at the bowl game, uh, there's only been uh, one year in probably decades where they haven't made a bowl game, and he was the one that coached. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's already happened. Um, and to go with that, they opted out of a bowl game last year, which is what I was trying to tell you with the Pac-12 teams. A lot of them opted out of a bowl game, which is why there's only a couple of them that went. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I think uh, everybody's under the consensus that uh, this is pretty much his last year if he uh, doesn't we said that last win year. the Pac-12. Yeah, but, you know, everyone used the excuse of uh, the pandemic. But then as soon as the season ended, they paid Gus Manzon, what, $20 million to get the hell out of there and go to Florida. I think he's in Florida coaching now. Okay. I think he's out of school in Florida now. But, yeah, it was just a bullshit excuse. But, I mean, you know, whatever. Fucking ass. But, 
uh, I think this is truly his his last season. Um, I think if he doesn't make, I think pretty much the from what I I can kind of feel out, it seems like uh, if he doesn't win the Pac-12 and not get blown out and and he doesn't win a bowl game it's it's pretty much gonna be the end of him because uh his bowl record is fucking awful um which is why we were we were lucky that uh they were too embarrassed to go to a bowl last year and opted out so we don't have to watch them get fucking destroyed like they do every year uh but i mean they they have the easier schedule conference wise um next year because they don't face oregon or washington which are the top two uh, North teams. But they do face, to start the season, a really good San Jose, San Jose State team, which was fucking miraculous last year. Uh, they got Notre Dame back on the schedule as, as they're out of conference. That's going to be a uh, damn good game. It should be, yeah. And then uh, to finish the year, I don't know why they made the schedule this way because usually the last game is uh, UCLA. But to finish it this year, it's going to be BYU – um, but, uh, I mean, I think this is a, a season where he could win almost all, if not, uh, most of the games that they're playing. There's no reason they shouldn't, I should say, but, uh, this kind of goes back to your, uh, hot take, uh, just on this last segment with, uh, the power five thing. If USC can get rid of Helen and get the right head coach in there. Uh, the the Pac-12 isn't even being discussed in that manner. It's 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 gonna be, you know, does the Big Twelve and and ACC deserve to be in the in the Power Five? Which is a fucking retarded statement to say, but uh, what it that's that's pretty much what the Pac-12 needs is for USC to put it back on um, the map. But with USC being down for as long as it has, it's allowed. Uh, so much talent to leave and it's also allowed for um the pac-12 to be out of the 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 spotlight which has hurt its reputation you know terribly but um yeah i i would say that uh the feel that i get from most people and uh the insiders and stuff like that is this will more than likely be his last year and uh if he doesn't win the pac-12 and a bowl game yeah i i agree with that and you know, I think USC and Nebraska are kind of in the same topic with this. Of this year is a big year because last year is kind of a wash. And I think if we were to play a full schedule last year, we would have been like four and eight again. Um, because if you watched any Nebraska games last year, we were Fucking we were you. not. No, we were not ready for the season. Um, you know, we have eight of our 11 defenders returning this year, so we have that experience on the defensive front. Uh, Adrian Martinez hopefully takes another step forward with Nebraska. Going into my last topic I wanted to talk about, because um, I, I feel I like Nebraska – Okay. I feel like Nebraska is in that same topic of – if Nebraska does not make a bowl game this year with our schedule, we have a favorable schedule – if you look at our schedule, there's no reason, as a Nebraska fan, we should not go 7-0 and in our first seven games, even though I I am worried about that Cincinnati <laughs> game. Um, 
If we don't make a bowl game, or it's not Cincinnati, it's Oklahoma, but if we don't go six and one, seven and zero in our first seven games, then I think it's time to hit the trail and find a new head coach. Uh, so there, there's literally no reason why Nebraska should not start three and zero, and then you know worst case scenario three and one because Oklahoma is that fourth game, yeah. but you got Illinois. Fordham and Buffalo for your first three games. Now, granted, Buffalo had that running back that went absolutely off last year, but he's gone. Yet again, it's it's a group of five drafted. conference. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he got drafted. He's uh, I want to say he's he got he's drafted. A small guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he got signed. He's actually he didn't get drafted. He was an undrafted free agent, but he's not back at Buffalo. Um, but what I will say is. I think with Nebraska and USC, I think we both have the same expectations. It's bowl game or bust. Both of our teams either going to go seven and five, eight and four, and I think anything less than eight and four for Nebraska this year is there's going to be a lot more calls for Scott Frost's head. Like, hey, you're not the guy for it. Let's get somebody in here that has a proven track record of turning around broken programs. I agree with the way they've approached it, but Nebraska is also a program that doesn't do well with being under the limelight because since the 60s, we've been a bowl bowl game team. We ran the Big 12 while we were there, and we came to the Big 10. We were still making bowl games. We were still we played in the conference championship game a couple times, and since Mike Riley and uh, – Scott Frost has taken over. We haven't even been in the conversation. We're the laughing stock of the Big Ten. So I agree with you. If we don't make a bowl game, I think we're both in the offseason talking about who the next head coach of Nebraska and USC, respectively, is going to be, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you got any more points because I don't. I can't see my text. But uh, No, go ahead. Go one, ahead. Thing I wa- one thing I want to go over is uh, what's going on with Arizona State, man? You've been hearing about that? Bro, I was hoping that we'd talk about Suns basketball and not that. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a Husker fan, man. You know my tattoos. I'm a huge Husker fan, but I also follow my forks. And, dude, my biggest fear is that Coach is going to get fired because of this. Because the allegations are – He's 100% going to get fired. The the allegations coming down are fucking brutal. It's It's like – They're bad. the best way to to kind of describe it, it's it's like a, it's like the you know, uh, at a smaller scale, it's like the platoon star, you know. Ain't nobody coming in that platoon, running their own thing, you know, without the platoon star's approval. Right. So you're gonna tell me that Herm Edwards had no idea that, uh, fuck, what was that guy's linebacker's name? Uh. Oh my God, it's gonna it's in my head. Uh, Antonio Pierce. You're going to yep. tell me that uh, Antonio Pierce was just having recruits at the football stadium on campus and Herm Edwards had no idea to get the front door, man. You, you can't lie. You can't lie to me about that shit. It, There's no the way worst. that players are not on campus because during COVID-19, it was a violation for players to be on campus during That's COVID-19. That's what the whole thing is. And you're telling me Herm Edwards didn't know that these players were on campus? You're not That's telling me saying. that they weren't in Herm Edwards. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm tracking. Herm Edwards and Antonio Pierce are done. And unfortunately for the Devils, last year watching ASC football, I was like, yo, we have something brewing down there in Tempe. 
Herm Edwards had this program in the right direction. He was 17 and 13 as a head coach. And at ASU, that's really good. He had us going up against Utah, looking to be in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. And come to find out, there might be a reason. He violated many recruiting things. And I think the I'm worst hoping... part about it is that it, it, it was turned in by one of the coaches. Yeah. And the other thing that came out, I don't know if you saw this, that there's allegations that Arizona State, the university, was paying for these visits. They were pay- they were buying these plane tickets for these kids. They were putting them up in hotels in Tempe and all that. They were... Yeah, so there, there's no way you could tell me that Herm Edwards had no... They, you'd have to be dumb as a rock if you're the NCAA and you believe that Herm Edwards had no idea... Or the you know that not even oh, that but knew. the athletic director the athletic department there's there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna get cleaned out for this because it, it that is like so from the top to the bottom on things because I'm not you're not gonna tell me that Antonio Pierce was paying for this out of his own money for these no. dudes to come out here like there's no fucking way it came out it's, that Herm Edwards was cheating and. There was play, There was coaches on his staff that were uncomfortable with the way he was doing it, and that's the reason they turned him in. Um, and, I mean, the article that I'm looking at right now, it's really funny. The soundbite they have on here is when he was with New York Jets, and he's like, you play to win the game. <laughs> that's his book. All right, go for it, man. You play to win the game. I mean – you know, what's well, like a? I mean, yeah, a little off topic here, but uh, I don't know if you watch any Vice documentaries, but they've uh, they've been doing um, what they call like a Dark Side of the Ring documentary on the Dark Side of Wrestling, and they just started one called Dark Side of Football, I believe is what it's called, and it talks about uh, the scandals and stuff like that they've been on with football, and uh, one of their first episodes was on Bill Belichick, and it the amount of cheating and well, not I wouldn't I guess you could call it cheating, but the amount that they pay to like not really pay but how far they will go over that line to win is absolutely insane so i can only imagine like how his mindset is coming from the nfl back to well not back but coming from the nfl down to college how that mindset is but yeah like they'll be lucky if the only thing that happens is the coach firing and they don't get any sanctions because i mean they i mean they're gonna get really hurt they're gonna get hit with sanctions um Herm Edwards will not be the coach. It's it's a wrap, man. And it, it's really unfortunate because I was kind of excited to watch Arizona State be good. Um, but I think a lot I, of people I, had a lot of promise for uh, Jaden Daniels coming into this year. I mean, yeah. they had a lot of promise last year, but, I mean, they actually picked up some pretty good recruits this year. And, I'll be surprised uh, if Jaden Daniels doesn't transfer. You know, kind of going back on my statement earlier, but um, – <laughs> Here's, here's an interesting statistic that I was just reading in this article. Um, and I really don't want to misquote this. And if I violate any FAA violations, please don't bill me. I have no money. Um, KentuckySportsRadio.com. I think you mean the FTC. <laughs> what? I think you mean the FTC. The FAA is the uh, Air Administration. It has nothing to do with the... Uh, oh, in the future Farmers of America. Anyway. That's um, the FFA. The KentuckySportsRadio.com published this article, um, and it's by a writer named Adam Luckett. And in here, it had this 
incredible statistic is that most of their recruiting success was happening with a natural approach. Meanwhile, the program had de- 10 decommits in the class. And it was talking in here. Where was it? Well, they, they've been recruiting really well in, in California. and uh, Oh, here it is. Here it is. So, quote unquote. So this is a direct quote from this article. All of this happened while the program seemingly had zero success in its backyard. In the class of 2021, the state of Arizona produced seven blue chip prospects and the Sun Devils signed none of them. Most of their recruiting success was happening with a natural approach. And then uh, the Sun Devils had three four-star verbal commitments. Those players coming from California and South Florida. So... You know, we had seven blue chip prospects in the class of 2021. One of them committed to the University of Oklahoma. His name being, most of you know it, the quarterback of Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler. Came from Pinnacle High School, go Pioneers. And uh, they couldn't, the Sun Devils couldn't sign him. So I think that's kind of what tipped the NCAA off is, you know, they have all these commits coming in why are they not coming in from their backyard and well the ncaa wasn't looking into it like i said the the coach turned the paperwork straight to the ncaa and that's what started this whole thing because the ncaa didn't give a shit i guarantee you about you know where recruits are coming from stuff like that but then they get that they get all the paperwork and everything from what's been going on with the recruiting and uh, i'm sure it's got uh bills and all kinds of things showing that bank statements showing that hey like yeah we were having recruits on at this time and that's what sparked this whole thing, but yep. uh, but yeah, they they were they were recruiting really well out of out of Southern California and California as a whole, and uh, a lot of credit was going to Antonio Pierce. I I, I hope I, I'm pronouncing his name right. It's not someone else, but uh, a lot of credit was going to him and his recruiting techniques and tactics. Uh, you know, no pun intended, Barrett. But uh, then they 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 picked up a. Uh, Southern California um, recruiting coordinator, not recruiting coordinator, but he was one of the recruiters on USC. They picked him up to kind of help build that pipeline uh, this last year or this offseason, and then all this comes out now. So it's going to be really interesting to see how big of a part um, all that played in them securing Southern California's um, top talent, you know, higher level talent that uh, USC wasn't able to get for the most part. Yeah, I I will be very curious on to see what happens. Um, her come or of them coming out of all these allegations and what will happen with Herm Edwards and Antonio Pierce and all them and I don't know. I was excited for the ASU program and now now it's probably going to be a lot like the Diamondbacks. It's going to be a fucking Side dumpster note, fire. Jed yeah. Fish down there at Arizona, he is building like all kinds of hype around that that team. Like they 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 are doing the exact opposite of what ASU is doing right now, and it looks like it's gonna be fun to be an Arizona fan for the first time in probably like a decade or so, probably a long time. But uh, not saying they're gonna win a bunch of games by any means. Uh, but it's you know they got a coach that actually likes to, uh, you know, show support for the team and. Uh, do activities and stuff like that for the fans to see them and everything. And I believe he's bringing back uh, 
at least he brought back some uh, veterans to to coach. Uh, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but I think Teddy Bruschi uh, is a coach on the staff right now, and he, mm-hmm. I mean, he was a veteran and stuff like that. And I think he had Rob Gorkowski out there for uh, their uh, spring game and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're, they're doing some pretty cool things out there, and it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he looks this year as the coach and, you know, going forward. But, yeah, once I saw the whole ASU thing, I was like, holy shit, there goes that. Yeah, I know. I was excited because ASU was really good. We beat U of A seventy to seven. Yeah, well, that's and that was all going down the <laughs> god damn dude. I'm not even watching college football this year. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, all right. Well, it, I'm uh, I'm interested to see what happens with our teams this year. I think Nebraska is going to be good. Believe it or not, I think USC is going to be good. I think Clay Helton does good to save his career. But look, man, it's getting late. I got to get going. Uh, I'm an old man. And I also have a playoff game to watch tomorrow afternoon. You know, the Phoenix Suns are playing the Clippers. Game one, Western Conference Finals. Go Suns. So I got to get I got to get up to watch that, man. All right. So I hope you all uh, – Hope you all enjoyed us. We'll be more regular now that we're leading up to football season. I think we are 70, 74 days away from the kickoff of Husker football. I'm excited about it. Um, in the next episode, uh, I will be covering all the spring ball updates, recruiting updates from Nebraska football. I'm going to do my research, and I'll be coming to you all with those facts and talking to you about what we expect from Nebraska football next week. Yep. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook at Any Given Saturday CFB, at on Instagram at Any Given Saturday CFB, and then also on Twitter at Any CFB. Um, we try to be a little bit more active on Facebook, but uh, you know, give us a follow, give us a comment, give us a shout out, and we'll uh, make sure to get back to you. You can also email us at Any Given Saturday CFB at gmail dot com uh, with any questions, suggestions, or you know, just talk shit about us. It works in any uh, way, but. Uh, thank you for the listen, and you know we hope that we could be back regularly and get back to uh, giving you all of our bullshit information. Yep.